Hi. Hello, Chris. How you How's doing? It? I'm good, mate. How's you? Good. 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 What's been happening since I last saw you? Um. Nothing really. Just more of the same. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm quite a, a boring human being, right. to be honest. I've not even seen a green mile, so we um, established yesterday. This is really disappointing. You not. haven't seen. Oh no, no, <laughs> I've not, and I've not seen a lot of films that are deemed. I've not seen American Psycho. I mean, I can maybe get that, but like the Green Mile, the the Green Mile is family friendly. Is it? Yeah, we watched the trailers today, man, and it looked pretty grim. I, just, I mean, it's it's dark in that, but you know, everybody's family's seen it. It's like one of those like, su- <laughs> Sunday night at nine, Patter, you know, yeah, or Sunday night at eight when it comes on, and you're really? like, nah, it's this. Oh yeah. Is it like so? Is, you would find it on like a like a um, like a Sunday afternoon kind of no, show, but it's, it's not all a like butchered and all that, and taking good bits out. No, it can't be a Sunday afternoon because there's some pretty pretty sketchy scenes where people are. It's about people getting. Killed in the electric chair that are on death row. Okay, so it's enough. not a, it's yeah. not a three in the afternoon. You can't exactly watch that with your gran, can you? Unless your gran's an absolute savage. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know really how. I don't know your gran, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a gran, so <laughs> whoa. <is>. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, big Dave. Right? <laughs> anyway, speaking of grands, here's Big Dave. <laughs> um, Evening boys. Evening um, Dave. We we thought we would maybe try like a. Like, I meet the team, but also there was a customer come in the shop this week that had some things that he would like to know the answers to, which actually Dave genuinely does have the answers to. He does. Um, so, you've been part of our team for how long now? I've been well, about... Before, before we go into it, should, okay. we, should we let Dave introduce himself to the audience who maybe don't know yes. who Dave is? okay. So, Dave... Well, I, how do you want to... Well, who are you and what do you who, do? Who are you and what do you do? Well, um, I'm Dave McCluskey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> also known as his alias as Big Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or Mr. Sheen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for you, those of you who don't know, I've got an obsession in this shot about Mr. Sheen and it just apparently cleans everything. Uh, well, not apparently, it genuinely like, cleans Genuinely. Yeah. I caught Dave cleaning me one time. <laughs> that yeah. maybe didn't sound... Um, I think that's what uh, got like my... My ticket into drummers only when Paul saw me doing that. It was like, yeah, yeah I right, okay, let's get him in. <laughs> so like, Dave is known for his um, his amazing rock playing. Uh, you played a couple of big bands in your time, haven't you? Um, I started off. My major break was about two thousand and maybe twelve or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was with a band called The Union, um, and that was two members. Obviously, you know the band, mm-hmm. uh, Luke Moll and Chris Giles with Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, they they kind of started a band with another guy called Pete Shoulder, who uh, was in a band called Winterville, toured with Thunder back in the day. So they kind of clashed together, and I kind of got my break with them after they saw me play in King Tut's when I was supporting them. Right. Uh, it was a lead singer, and uh, they had another tour after that, a UK tour, and the lead singer says to Luke, I want to get this guy in, because I saw him in King Tut's, you didn't. So let's get him in. Uh, no audition, no nothing. It was sort of like, wow. message, bang, you're down to London. I was like, okay. <laughs> so were you at that <clears throat> King Tut's gig, was you? Was it like a tour? Were you supporting them? Just no, tour? no, it was just was a one night. Just a one night. I just kind of like get on the bills. It was, I was with my first band, uh, the River 68s, and we were just sort of like supporting anybody in Glasgow that you wanted uh-huh. to. It was just so hard we got on to that. Um, and it was great. It was, but it was kind of, it was... I would say I almost didn't answer the message. Oh, really? Yeah, because I got the message. 
Well, I actually got the message when I was driving for Pete, and um, and I looked at it and I didn't recognise the name, and I was like, oh, I thought it was some sort of joke, right. and I just put it away. And it was oh, like really? two days later. Wow. Uh, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, that's that guy, and I was like, oh. <laughs> see that that's that's really interesting. When was that? Like, uh, 2012. So that was 2012. So like, I mean, I guess nowadays, like, if someone leaves a message unread or something like that like with an opportunity like that for two days it's like okay this guy obviously next on the next guy kind of thing so like they obviously liked you that much that they were willing to wait for you to answer you know aye it was a wee bit kind of like hit and miss so yeah. like if if you didn't have to audition did they just hear some songs learn them come and play well i well the I heard from Luke about uh, a week after that. He sent me an email and it was sort of like, here's the set list, here's uh, 14 songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a month to learn them and then you come down to Terminal Studios in London right. and we're going to spend three days rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And it was the kind of uh, bit for me that's sort of like, right, I've got it, is after I played the first song and all three of them just turned around and shook my hand and was like, oh, right, cool. okay, you've got it. Okay. You've got the idea. Um, how long did it take you to learn the music? Um, I would say it got me like a couple of weeks before I was like, I could do it like blindfolded. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could actually play the tracks without even having to listen over the tracks. I just right. sort of like okay. write them. You just knew it from memory kind of thing? Aye, yeah. locked in there. But the first couple of days doing it, I hated myself. I just could not <laughs> get it. Did you like the music? I loved it. Right. Yeah, it was, that's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's when you, when you love doing it and the reason why I like doing it because it was different from what I was doing. Right. So it was kind of like, right, okay, I'm starting to learn new things here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and approach music, I'm playing softer, playing louder. So, yeah. if Luke wasn't there, is that right? Luke uh, wasn't at Tuts? It wasn't at Tuts, no. So were you playing different music from the band that you supported at King Tuts? Yeah, right? yeah, way different. Uh, it was a lot more, see, you know, like the Black Crows? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see a wee bit more of the... The softer yeah. stuff compared to like um like hard to hand uh, well, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah go on. Um a wee bit more softer like that. Right. So he was a wee bit kinda like oh, he's got the idea like, uh-huh. and he just liked the way I, how I played. Right. It was a I was a bit more natural. Yeah. So they'd be metronomed. I saw you guys playing at the Cat House. Cat House. That was yeah. great. It was a great gig, man. Band was super tight, like yeah, I mean, the, those boys have been around the block. They yeah. can't know the score and everything, but they're just so dead on. Yeah. And everything. Mm-hmm. And working with Chris Childs as a bass player, he's just, he's right on the ticket. Right, right, right on you. Aye. And he knows when I'm off. Oh, really? Like, I, yeah. I, he's caught me a few times. He's, like, maybe I've done a drum fill and he's, he's actually turned around one point and he's went, stop showing off. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, okay, rein it back in. <laughs> just. So, how long did you do that gig for? That was about five years I was oh, playing with them. Okay. Um, and in the middle of that, doing other stuff as well, just um, yeah. working with other people and that as well. But that's when um, it kind of fell into uh, going with the, the choir boys. Right. And it was... So did you meet the choir boys through this gig? Um, no, actually. No? No, I only met Paul Guerin, uh, the guitarist, at one of our festivals we were playing. And um, it kind of happened with our road crew um, was kind of some of the Guabo's road crew as well. Oh, okay. And it kind of overlapped sort of thing. And I just got the phone call. Um, I think it was uh, less than 24 hours because mm-hmm. the drummer left. Um, and I got the phone call in less than 24 hours saying you're on the next ticket out to Barcelona. 
I was, like, I had to, I was like, who am I playing for? Uh, well, who am I playing with? And the, like, the choir boys are like, oh, right, I only know one song. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, 24 hours to learn how many songs? 16 songs. They Whoa. go full. Uh, they don't stop throughout their sets. They are one after the other. Right in. So, how did... Okay, I mean, I'm sure you probably talk about this, but how did you memorise 16 songs in that amount of time? Was Did you write it all down did you chart it or did you just go via memory memory muscle had to come really kick in uh i was that night i I was about eight o'clock that night i got the set list through with all the songs um and uh about six in the morning i was leaving for glasgow out to barcelona (laughs) um (laughs) okay i say this isn't easy Uh, and i was on the plane listening to the terminal and on the plane and I didn't have that time I didn't have an iPod I, didn't, I was my laptop so I'm sitting with this laptop yeah. <laughs> wow. and what's Barcelona like four hour flight uh, yeah no probably less than that yeah so you've, yeah. you've got like no time at all yeah because unless you stayed up all night uh, no which I didn't I thought I had to get my bag packed because it was uh, it was about a two week tour whoa um, that's a baptism of fire man yeah man. yeah I thought the thunder thing that we'll get to later was was a roast, but that's <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. hardcore, isn't it? That's yeah. that was a that was a real eye opener, and that was where my memory muscle really had to kick in. But I had to play it safe, um, and I kept it hidden on stage, um, so that so the punters weren't seeing, so the band uh, weren't like, "What's he up to?" But I had to get my laptop next to me, uh-huh. and it was like I have headphones there. As soon as they finish one song or something like that, just quickly grab the headphones, hit play in the next one, just so I know. How it starts. How it starts and bang, throw the headphones off and just count the band in and go. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had first couple of gigs for like, right, I need to, I need to have something there. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I take it when you play like that then, you, you're just not thinking about things like drum fills or... No. You just basically play without playing any fill-ins? No, it was, it was basically, how how's it start? Just crash it right in or yeah. whatever. Um, don't even worry about drum fills or anything like that. How to maybe sections that stop in the song just stop yeah. it dead. Yeah. Like, and how were the band with you on stage? Were they very like, helpful? Were they helpful with you on stage? Because yeah. I've, I've been in a situation myself where sometimes if you're with a band that you're not familiar with and you're playing songs that maybe you haven't played either in a long time or ever, where the band just stare at the shoelaces and just expect you to get it right. Mm. And it's really daunting, and that's because oh. you obviously, if, especially if you've got an audience, you don't want to mess it up in front of them. But I mean, ah. I, I imagine that's even harder because they've got people coming to see them yeah. specifically. You know, it's not just like they've been hired in. Yeah, diehard fans like you're standing right there in front of you, and the band were great. I mean, I got to hand it to them. I had like Guy, the guitarist, and Paul, the guitarist, they were both feeding off each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe if one was doing a solo, right, I've got the other one there to come and help me. Yeah. And Guy had a great thing. It's sort of like if you're he says, if you're going too slow or something like that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stomp towards you. Uh-huh. And, and that means pick it up uh-huh. or something like that. If you're going like too fast, he'll maybe, he'll maybe do this thing where he was like leaning back on the yeah, guitar yeah. or something like that. And I was like, right, okay, that's for your indicators. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, they, they've got, I mean, the, the drummers that have played for them. I was about the 25th drummer. Yeah, so they, they've had some, I mean, Jason Bonham's <laughs> wow. in there somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, Jason Bonham, uh, he's in there. Uh, Michael, is it is it Lee? Oh, Michael Lee played for them. Yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah. played for them as well. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's, it's been like quite the drum chair to, to, to sit on really, isn't it? Aye, you know? yeah. With 24 hours notice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How, how long was there between like you meeting the band and stage time? 
Um, I met. I was lucky enough. I met some of the members um, in the afternoon uh, before right. sound check. Right. Um, and we were, I was at this, obviously the same hotel and everything, and a few of them were outside, uh, like getting something to eat and that. So I managed to, to um, like get introduced and everything like yeah. that. That was the hardest part for me. I would say is like kind of like relaxing because you want to kind of gel everybody and yeah. that. That's the hardest part. Especially for me. when you know you've got like like do or die you've got two weeks with these people Aye. as well you know you so you've got to get on yeah absolutely yeah. Um, and so that led to how long how long did you play for those guys Um, I was about oh god uh, uh, I think I was six years actually so your, yeah. your, your choir boys and your union kind of overlapped it did right. yeah I had I had some overlap thing and that, I made them clear of that and they were cool yeah. I says look I might have some tours with the union Um. And uh, I hope like you can't kill one. I was like, no, no, just whatever you can do, just let us know. We can get somebody to fill that those gaps there, and then right. we'll work it out. And mm-hmm. and just so happened it did, and I managed to hold that seat uh, with the choir boys um, mm-hmm. for that length of time, which was great. Yeah, so yeah. you're just juggling a diary, really, just yeah, juggling two gigs. Yeah. I mean, I guess the good thing about it is that they weren't too dissimilar. No, musically, it was kind of mm-hmm. in the same bracket. Yeah, old school rock and roll. Just yeah. keep it four four and just keep it solid. Yeah. Um, don't act like I'm a metronome on the songs. Just relax. Just feed off each other. Yeah. And the main thing I always learn is keep your head up. Yeah. And uh, listen to each member, what they're playing and everything like that. Well, that was actually just what I was going to let uh, ask you. What did you learn yeah. from them? Oh, me. Uh, the biggest thing I learned from Luke, I would say, recording wise, is first time recording with them. Uh, when I was playing and he's going like what are you doing with your left hand um, all these ghost notes I was like, ah, just keep it solid and after I'd done that mm-hmm. coming into it and I played it again it was just like wow mm. okay it just opened up the snare because yeah. there's all these like ghost notes yeah. and it's like what, was, yeah. what are you uh, doing <laughs> we as, as drummers I guess we all have a tendency and it's no kind of fault of our own but we do have a tendency to overplay sometimes and sometimes we also don't realise we're doing it and it takes someone like that to be like man calm down yeah. yeah relax a wee bit probably yeah, yeah. yeah for sure and you're going to listen to these guys because they've been around the block yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. they took lessons off of people um, they were recording with sure yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's all been passed down hasn't it have yeah. you got like a favourite kind of moment that you had with any of the either whether it be with the union or the choir boys when you were touring that really stands out Um, I think you know one of them <laughs> I think I do actually yeah I do <laughs> feel free it's not my story to tell uh, I know since you mentioned I'm going to need to drop the name um, it's going to need to be uh, Clarksdale Mississippi um, in America um, and Morgan Freeman Morgan Freeman uh, <laughs> Big Dave you've heard it here from Big Dave has played a gig with Morgan Freeman uh, was it a full gig or, or did he just no sit he just joined joined us for one song right um, and was he singing or playing guitar? He was, he was singing. Right. He was up there singing and he had all these like female backing singers, like friends and that with him and that. And we were right. just like in the guys in the, the background. What? Like, so there's a video of this on YouTube. If people want to look for it, they can, I'm sure they'll find we'll it. We'll share it. We'll share it. Yeah, we'll put ah, it in the show notes. Um, but my favourite part of the whole video, like obviously it's, it's amazing. Morgan Freeman's there and he's doing his thing. But there's a, a split second where Morgan Freeman moves out of the way and you can see you straight in the middle of the frame and you're just like, you've got that face about you as if like, what is going on? Like, I, was what that? is actually happening right, right. now? Aye. 
it's amazing. We got fair warning before. Sully, he might be there. Like, let's just Sully. Ah, yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, you take all that stuff with a grain of salt, anyway, don't oh, you? It's yeah. like, oh, he might be there. Like, Taylor Hawkins might just come in. Like, or was it whatever, like a House you know? of Blues or something? Or? Um, it was. It was like a, a sort of blues club. Right. Uh, he co-owns with the mayor in oh, wow. Clarksdale, Mississippi, and he's a massive blues fan. Right. And he just loves uh, this thing's like an old classic blues club. Right. Okay. Um, in this town, and it's amazing, like all oh, the wall art and everything like that, vinyl everywhere, and that. Yeah. it's it's great. But I, it was kind of like after it was like, what the hell just happened? Like, quickly, uh, <laughs> quickly get your shuffle chops down. Do you remember I, anything about being on stage? With no, it? no, I don't remember Some a reason. thing. Wow. Like it just being gone so quick. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I'm glad the video footage is there because it's something I can look back on and go, all right, okay, yeah, uh, memories are there. Yeah. And you had to debt for Thunder last minute, didn't you? This is great. Yeah, 2018. Um, that was. Yeah, that was a bit sweating. Yeah, so talk, talk us through it. How did that? Firstly, how did that come about? And secondly, yeah, because this, you this deal gets into it? the question that a customer asked. So the, to, yeah. to give you context, the customer asked is, "What happens if a drummer falls ill on a gig? What Good. happens to the band?" So you shout, out, actually, shout out to Ian for asking that. You question. You can actually answer this question because mm-hmm. the drummer from Thunder fell ill. Yep, he did. Um, so Harry James, uh, he came down with pneumonia. Um, two, oh, whoa, I didn't know it was a pneumonia. Jesus. Yeah, it was pretty bad. With it. Um, they just came back from Japan, um, right. and some of them had caught a really bad flu. And Harry just happened to get pneumonia. But they were we were all about to. I was in the Choir Boys, and Thunder were coming out as well to do the Monsters of Rock Cruise, mm-hmm. which was held in Miami and it sailed out to the Bahamas. We were in Europe for six days. Um, but I was down at Gatwick Airport the two days before we were sailing out and I got a phone call in from Luke and he asked, how you doing, blah, blah, chit-chat. I thought it was just like a sort of like, right, I'll see you out there, great. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, sit down. And I was like, what? what's up? And I said his exact words, he says, sit down. And I was like, <laughs> uh, right, okay, what's up? And he says, Harry's not well. I need you to fill in for us. I was like, oh, no. Honestly. <laughs> I, like, I actually say that you can't do this to me, mate. And I was like, that's quite a big gig. And he's like, no, you can do it. Like, just take the songs, go and learn them. Right. Uh, you've got two days on this before you're on stage with us. Um, so uh, I got the set list when I landed in Miami. Um, what? It, it was, we landed, me and Keith, the keyboard player of the choir, was landed in the morning in Miami and the set list, the email came through. It was uh, six songs. I already knew three off by heart classic Thunder songs. That's good. Uh, it was kind of like, right. That's uh, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> but the other ones, no, no quite. I was like, right, okay. So immediately, I didn't get to go and like enjoy myself downtime. And I was basically locked away um, learning all these songs. But <laughs> the big thing that didn't help was my bag went missing on that cruise, right, the whole cruise. So what? I had no, no sticks, um, no... Uh, an ear pack or anything like which I carry with me and everything and I had <laughs> uh, is that is that just the stakes weren't high enough like yeah my my, my, suit, my whole suitcase full of everything went missing uh, throughout the whole cruise it was left in Miami port uh, so, so did it land with you? it and landed right. landed with us but when we got on the cruise um, oh. it didn't make it onto the boat and it was left in Miami port oh no uh, I had that whole Monsters of Rock team uh, stripping that ship apart because I was 
I was trying to like hype up. I'm playing with Thunder, blah blah blah. And he's like, Larry's like, right, okay. <laughs> right, I'm I just to... imagine it like, uh, like um, the framing is like Dave's case at the end of like a a, a sea <laughs> runway, and you just see the ship just slowing off in the distance in a sunset. Just... <laughs> <laughs> but right before it, Dave's just like, oh, well, at least it can't get any worse. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so, what did you do for gear? Um, well, there was because you've got two gigs to play now. Add four, four so two bands to play with. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get two gigs each band. Right. Um. So there was a couple of crew members that were uh, good friends who I met like through time and that with mm-hmm. the choir boys, and they were on the cruise, and they actually asked a few drummers this what happened, and they actually got like I think maybe like seven pairs of sticks or something like right. for me just to get me through the gigs. <laughs> so that got Dave goes through one gig. <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know me, I can't break stuff. Ten songs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I was uh, one pair of jeans throughout those whole gigs. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's classic rock and roll. Like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. You know, yeah, that, that. Febreze is your yeah. best friend, yeah, isn't it? Well, uh, well <laughs> <laughs> jump off the ship. Yeah, uh, it was great fun. Um, I made a few uh, stops to the duty free to get some aftershave just to try and yeah. <laughs> fresh myself up. But I, it was, it was great though. But I didn't get a real chance to kind of zone in on it because I was kind of getting a wee bit I, w- I wouldn't say like down about it the fact that my bag wasn't there and everything it's yeah. sort of like oh this isn't helping but I wasn't making a big deal about it I was trying to like stay positive mm-hmm. and letting the crew know like I know this is what happened I'm not going to be a total idiot about this and mm-hmm. create it all big and that's what they all worried about <laughs> he just tore his room apart <laughs> wrecked it tell he's in the sea yeah um, so that, I mean there's a, a lesson in there, isn't there, of just like staying cool when you don't have your stuff that you normally rely on. Yeah. Thing, you know, you can't even be current. It's not even like you can change. You're not even, you're nah. not, you know, you can't even get changed. So you could have been, that could have been the jeans you travelled in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like you've been travelling for a day and then you get on the boat and your bag's still there. Aye. That's, that's kind of wild. That's it. I mean, and Chris Childs. Exactly. <laughs> Chris Child was a bass player, was lucky enough, he was a bit same size of t-shirt as me and says there's a spare t-shirt and I had like two t-shirts and I was coming off one gig, washing one t-shirt in the sink, like just so it's kind of like clean and hold that for dry, put the other one on and just switching round all the time. (laughs) Hashtag rock and roll. Yeah, the things they don't teach you at music I know. Yeah, totally. Wash a t-shirt in the sink. (laughs) So, um, you got through the gigs okay? It was great, yeah. I back to the point of the gigs. Um, I only the only um, rehearsal I had was Luke's cabin. Right. It was just me and him, his iPad, and uh, basically going over the songs. And it was just a few wee things he was like telling me, like right, fold the floor on that one. Just keep your bass drum solid mm-hmm. uh, with that one, and then just wee breaks and everything. Tell me, right have a look at this but there was one of them that was a real kind of shuffle one mm-hmm. it was a kind of bluesy sort of shuffle and it was really relaxed but the timing of it at the end um, <laughs> I slightly messed it up um, uh, live and he turned around he's like oh jazz <laughs> <laughs> well see that's the other thing as well like they were cool to work with like if, I imagine there's some people out there if you were to do that on a gig they would you would get never again and you'd just be like oh well, this guy's yeah. who I, I is mean, this guy you know I, th- I think when you people under that kind of pressure there has to be some give and take right totally yeah you need you need to i would say always have a bit of give or take don't be so harsh on the person i mean yeah. imagine you were in that position yeah and it's just sort of like 
just take it easy and help them through it for God's sake. I mean, sake. it's a massive yeah. compliment that they phoned you anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were about to pull it. Right. Um, and because Luke was up to high door with it and he couldn't figure out what they would do and everything. And um, there was two people, Chris Childs and Pete Russell, the sound guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the both that said, oh, uh, Dave's going to be on the cruise. And he went, ah, right. He, that's when his brain clicked in. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, I'll put the phone call in. Amazing. Uh, it was yeah. nice of them. It was very, yeah. very nice of them to ask me to do Absolutely. That. Did you, yeah. Is that the only gig you did with them? You didn't do any more than that? No, like no more than that. Right. Harry uh-huh. recovered and all that, didn't he? Yeah. It was it nearly happened again. I never spoke about it, but it nearly happened again right. uh, last year. Right. Um, but he was okay. Uh, he, went, he went through some serious surgery, Harry. Right. Uh, so he's a wee bit kind of like when he gets unwell, <laughs> he gets unwell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. That's quite the... That's quite the, the the gig. Like just that yeah. whole process must have been crazy from start uh, to finish. That's just like wow, losing your bag as well. Yeah. Oh, no, I doesn't know. help. I know. <laughs> like the added stipulation of oh yeah, and you have no fresh clothes or any, or your or, or your sticks. Drum, drumsticks, your monitors, anything. You know what did you do for monitoring? Was it wedges? I had to go back to wedges, right. uh, which was I spent about three years on our nails, and it was so. Um, weird going back to um, like monitors, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, well wedges, uh, just really uncomfortable because well, you, really. oh god, like. Uh, but luckily enough, I had I had my carry on bag, which had my laptop, my my little plugs and everything like that. But you'll know that as well. See when you like come off like in ears, yeah. how weird that is to yeah. like if you put like yeah. just your protectors in. Yeah, you play, it's like, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what it is. It's like you can't control. The band, I find it fo- so controlling with the band with in ears. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, like you just got to dig in. I think you know, mm-hmm. dig down a wee bit and just got to you know get yeah. get on with it. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, because um, your you, your mix would have been so weird. Oh, get yeah. monitor guy's attention for like more vocals and yeah. Whilst discreetly counting the band in front of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know these songs really well. But I would I would kind of like really say it to young players as well. Learn the best of both worlds. Yeah. Learn with in ears and learn with wedges, yeah. just in case that situation pops up. I mean, in ears weren't even a thing learning when nah. we were coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, you just played. Yeah. You know, sometimes you didn't even have a monitor. No. You know, and the, you know, PA or the, the guitar amps were behind the drummer, or, or at least parallel. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why it's called backline. <laughs> exactly. Because it was all in a line. Yeah. Um, backline. Uh, um, so yeah, you just got on with it. You know. Yeah. You might have a, a monitor for the singer to hear themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like trying to hear the singer from the, you know, where are we in the song? <laughs> very, very strange. But yeah, I think you're right. Getting people to learn that way is... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a roast, but it's it, it kind of pays dividends down the line. Yeah. yeah. So is that like, would you say that's... Where would you put that? Would you say that was like one of the hardest times you've had touring or one of the best times you've had touring? Like, where would that fall in your spectrum? It's always been to me the best time. Yeah. Because it's made me learn so much. Yeah. Um, I never, I never kind of look at it as sort of like that was really tough and everything like that. It's mm. just sort of like I can't just, I maybe look at it at the time. It's just so hard. Like mm. I'm really struggling here. But then once it's done, and everything is sort of like I learned a lot. That's so great. in those two, you know, when you went to Barcelona and then when you went to the Mars as a rock cruise, what did you do for drums? Uh, everything's like higher than. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, were they someone else's drums? They weren't no. the spec. Did you get to spec what you wanted? The the choir boys wanna at the time I didn't get to spec it. Right. Um, the kit, the, yeah, right. you need to just turn up, play. Um I didn't get to carry my own cymbals. Right. Um it was just basically a bag full of sticks. Uh-huh. Um wow. 
Aye, that that was basically it. And I got told, right, everything's going to be hired in for you. Right. So don't worry about a thing. And it's sort of like, well, I'm not going to be really picky about this. And yeah. kind of like, I just want to go over there, start the gig and get the ball rolling. Yeah. And it was the same for the Monster Rock. Right, so was that, was that sort of one kit for everybody playing or did Harry have his own rider? Did you have your own rider for the choir boys? Well, the... For the for um for Thunder, obviously they had the spec sheet for mm, for, uh, I, for Harry. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist that. I've been dying to do that. Funny enough, that's their intro tape. <laughs> so, um, they actually had Harry's spec, but uh, because the night the night before I played with Thunder Monster the Rock, I'd already played with the Choir Boys, and when I popped on stage, they're like, oh, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, oh, I'm playing with like, right, okay, we know your spec then. And the guy already had uh, my monitors roughly. Saved oh, okay. in, so cool. So uh, you have to, yeah. I reprogram again everything because yeah. the choir boys and Thunder the same sort of backline band. Right. There's a, there's keyboards. There's two uh, guitars, bass. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So did you have to play two different drum kits? No, it was the same drum kit. Right. Um, we're playing in the same theatres. Right. Uh, so it was all the same road crew that was in there. Or, uh, so is that something you had to get used to just playing road drums? Yeah. Um, What's that like? I mean. It's quite quite difficult when you're like changing. I would say that the bass drum pedal, yeah. especially when you're switching out different bass drum pedals all the time, mm-hmm. like nine thousands, five thousands, uh, Yamaha. Oh man, yeah. you have to spend that wee bit of time. Not saying rattle it constantly in sound check, but just getting used to you, mm-hmm. your right foot on that pedal. Yeah, that's metal. So because uh, you're for the longest time. Or- pretty particular about your gear you know the yeah. symbols you played have been the same symbols for like the last five years you've mm. been playing Adidas symbols for yeah know, until you bought your New York kit you've been playing Gretsch you still have Gretsch drums yeah yeah I've still got my Gretsch so yeah. then what do you get do you get was it all DWs or is it all just, is it just whatever's there or? In, in America it's mainly DW right. because of uh, where yeah. we are it's America yeah, yeah. They're, they're everywhere um, I find mainly in Europe Yamaha's a big thing right uh, in Europe and Peril um, really is a big thing in Europe I find that um, with uh, the festivals especially Peril and Yamaha seem to be the two main ones I, right. I, I get what's Europe. the what's the worst backline kit you've had <laughs> um, uh, that's a, that's a oh, I actually got a CB really? this is a tiny wee town in uh, Sweden somewhere that's that's actually amazing. <laughs> that's brilliant. Did you break it? Uh, no, but the bass drum uh, started rocking. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, it was actually two CB kits that were put together. That brilliant. I don't different colours. Aye, they were. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, black and white. <laughs> brilliant. That's amazing. Aye. Did they have at least decent heads on them? No, was, they were all was trashed it, heads as well. The stock heads. As aye, well. they were all oh, dented. And it was gaffer tape was coming out. <laughs> what I mean, did you have a did you have your own snare drum? No, uh, turn up with your sticks. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the guy was thinking, but I turned up and this kit was set up on stage. It was two bass drums, rack of toms, and two CB kits. Like I was oh. like, Whoa. what were the symbols? Uh, I can't mismatch. Like um, there were pasty ones, CB ones, but they were they were like aluminium. Right, yeah, <laughs> I did a thing in Germany and, and turned up to a, a three thousand. I saw a three thousand and eight, which was a great kit, but some broken ZXTs. <laughs> great, like every single symbol was broken on the kit. Right symbol, two crashes, hats all broken. <laughs> wow, I guess we're playing broken symbols tonight, boys. I know. <laughs> That's pretty much all you got to do, right? Yeah. Well, it's like playing that crash when it's broken. <laughs> well, it just donk. It just it just didn't make a sound, you know. Yeah. It's just like. 
guys, there's, you know, there's nothing I can do about this. You know, yeah. there's nothing's going to save this at all. There's literally nothing you can do. Yeah. You know, can't even put a chain on it and make it sound like a symbol. You know, just. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's like a bin lid. You might as well mean, be hitting them in there. I've, I've done, I remember playing a gig in Edinburgh when I was playing original music and turned up and it was a tornado kit. But mm. on a big tour, like, you would expect. Yeah. Did you put a spec sheet in, right? You put a rider in? We we, we did. Uh, it was just a one-off gig. Right. Uh, we flew in for, uh, it was, couldn't get any better. Was, and we are absolutely bust, like, um, jet lag and everything like that. We <laughs> <laughs> we fly into Sweden and we've got a whole day there. I just see this CB walking around on a stage <laughs> you know, behind it's like, yeah. what is going as on? As big as ever looking yeah. thing. CB pedal. Oh, yeah, like, I know. We've, we've got diehards, like, Quarterboys fans turn that up, uh, and I'm trying to like try to like, rock out on this kit and this yeah, bass drums. Like. I mean, so, you hit them pretty hard, right? So, what do you do there? I, I had to rein it. <laughs> he just sends a bass drum halfway across the room. That's what he does there. Yeah, the barman got it and he said that. Yeah, like, you know, the band are looking at you like, what's going on, big man? You're like, well, aye. Have you seen what I'm playing? Aye. Because they all have still had decent amps. They they had 4 by 12s and Marshalls in them. Yeah, like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, the big man up the back gets like a 200 quid. Give him the CB drums. Yeah, to- <laughs> you know, his snare drum's more expensive than the entire backline drums. Yeah. So, Should have got an endorsement with CB. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. ah, that's pretty special. I had to rein it in. Yeah. Uh, it was just sort of like, well, I can't I can't go hell for leather on this kit. It's slightly like the way I use it. And you them. play like thick sticks as well, man. Like, you would have went through that thing. Like, yeah. I would uh, imagine. It's... Uh, I don't dent my heads, that's the thing, but I feel like dent the heads on this thing. I bet it sounded amazing as well. I bet you made it sound amazing. It's probably the nicest well, I, CB uh, kit probably Yeah, I mean, through mics in a big room, I bet it sounded great. Aye, bass drum was banging. Yeah, just put gaff it everywhere. Yeah. You know, take all the high end out. Oh, I, was, I went to the toilet and went to the toilet roll just to try and Brilliant. do something with the toms, because yeah, like, you can tune them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if, if there's a pro out of that as well, aside from just having to just turn up and just get on with it, is that you get really good at tuning drums very quickly. Oh, you need decent. to come in quick. Yeah, Aye. Yeah, yeah. Just can't be messing around. Aye, you need to actually basically look at the kit and go, right, okay, I need to do something that's quick. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like sitting down with it and then panicking, you need to just be able to look at it and so go, right, okay. did you get turnover time or sound check time? Yeah, we got, we got sound check and everything, but that... That took about an hour and a half. Right. Do you get to take drums away? Like I'll use one up, one down at a bass drum, just take the rest away. Oh, I told it. I told because he set it up as like Motley Crue. Like oh, this man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I love the in-house text. Like right, we've got a rock band coming in. Obviously, every drummer has this exact setup. Like, it was like Tommy Lee's turning up and just yeah. saw, I had to say him. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. It looks great, but I want one rack, one floor, and a yeah. bass drum, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> What you see, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not play that, <laughs> and it's just going to get in the road as well, trying to play a normal fill-in, and you've got drums everywhere. It took up half a stage. Yeah, brilliant, <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that does that take you into like, because one of the things you've been kind of known for in here is the kind of the fixer, eh? You fix stuff. I like to fix stuff, yeah. yeah. So is that a thing from tour? Like you can no, you learn to do that touring, or is it just the way you're wired? It is, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Best way to put it. It's just the way I'm wired. It's just I like to be hands on fixing things mm-hmm. and just get involved with that sort of thing and actually learn how to fix it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I actually picked up the whole sort of like fixing, cleaning thing, you know. It was just sort of like I'm I learned it myself. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like I'm no kidding, but when I first came in here I thought like Mr. Sheen. Yeah. I tried that and it was just sort of like really scrubbing it hard. Mm-hmm. 
and it worked. Dave, Dave's the guy you go to in the shop if if all like logical options are out the window. It's like I don't know how to fix this. Mm-hmm. You just shout on Dave. You like, <laughs> 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 float out the back and Dave comes. Yeah. <laughs> um, my GoPro is being fun tonight. Um, it's deciding to drop in and out. But um, that surely that skill helps when you're on tour. It does, yeah. You know, like when you're on somewhere where you've got dog shit drums to play. Ah, uh, yeah. And, you know, or yeah. I've had a few moments where it's sort of like I need to fix this snare drum. Do you keep a spare bag? Uh, I do actually. Yeah, I mean, obviously the felts, um, some like wing nuts and everything like that. I try and uh, keep all those sort of thing. I mean, you never know what you're going to turn up and get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but try and keep like. A, a small small amount for what you can take as a carry on as well on a plane mm-hmm. um, because sometimes when you're doing these gigs you can only we sometimes only uh, took a carry on because mm-hmm. I mean the price the price of taking on a bag bloody hell and yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're only going to be there away for two three days what's the point yeah like, mm-hmm. taking a big bag yeah, so sure. and you're actually the, yeah. when you're saying about taking spears to a gig you're actually the guy that's um, caused me to now take a spare bass drum pedal to a gig as well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I remember you telling me that you had a horror story with that as well about how bass drum pedal just like broke and. Yeah, I had a horrific one with that. Um, uh, the, I've had the chain snap, <laughs> um, like down on me. Um, uh, <laughs> I've had a beater snap on me. Mm. Uh, went right through uh, the head, but the actual metal part snapped. Yeah, well, I've had that happen <laughs> as well. I I was playing a gig in uh, Belfast with a band, and first hit the bass drum on soundcheck as ever. But like, I checked the kit. But then as soon as we went to do a, a song, first hit the bass drum, beater snaps, <laughs> and it's a Sunday afternoon in Belfast, yeah. and there's not a drum shop around, <laughs> let alone open. Yeah, I had like, one great. happen on a gig as well. Beater, a beater broke. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, I had kept the original beater I had in the case. Right. So just swap them back out. Um, I've had a pedal spring snap as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and not have a spare. Yeah. Which is not a good look. Oh, no, no, it's not great, is it? Thankfully, we were uh, in Edinburgh. And the guy playing bass knew the jazz bar really well. So just went and pilfered a pedal from the jazz bar to get us through mm-hmm. the gigs. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, that was, uh, thankfully, a bit of a, a, a saviour, you know. Yeah. Bad chat when mm. that happens, man. I keep spare everything now, spare <coughs> top and bottom heads for snare drums and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I do that now as well. I had a, a top head go on a first dance at a wedding and I'd left my spare snare in the car. <sighs> and so I had to play the rest of the set, which was like an hour and a half, with the snare flipped upside down did and just like tickling the top head. Did you have a trigger? I didn't. I didn't have one with me at that point, no. Oh, um, man. And it was like, it wasn't even just like the head broke, it like actually split. Clean in the middle. No, there's no way. What what can you do? So I just had to basically flip the drum upside down and get the guy who was doing sound to like crank the snare drum, and I would just tickle it so at least sounded like I was hitting something substantial. You know, absolutely not a good look. So, amongst all that, you were still doing like pub gigs and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, always come back home uh, doing pub gigs. Um, I just didn't really stop. and I enjoy playing pub gigs more, right? Um, because it's just such a buzz about playing a pub gig, and like, it's it's coming home and and like, just seeing the idiots like kicking about the pub, yeah. drunken or dancing <laughs> about, and like, I mean, you get your diehard fans at these gigs, and like, 
they're jumping up and down, blah, 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 but see when you're at a pub, man, and these guys are <laughs> falling about, but you're like, this is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a more in your face thing, isn't it? Aye. Because I, I, I guess with bigger bands, you don't, you, what, you see the front two rows, maybe? Mm-hmm. You do. Ah, it. yeah, it's like a black curtain right. uh, on some of the gigs, and you maybe see a couple of folk, but it looks like there's nobody else out there. It yeah. just looks like there's a black curtain right uh, down off the Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, uh, it's called the O2 Academy, but the Carlin Academy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on stage in there, that is a black curtain. Yeah. It looks like you're playing to nobody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is weird. Yeah. Like, and if they're not loud, you're like, is anybody out there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find going to things like in-ears would take away the crowd noise and stuff? Yeah. <sighs> pretty isolating for that um, some guys I, I know who ask for crowd noise in their in yeah. so they at least can hear it yeah mics and all that yeah 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 uh, there's I, it didn't really bother me right. uh, taking away the crowd noise because it means I, it means I could really focus on what everybody's doing yeah um, and if the crowd are loud enough usually I could hear them over right uh, mm-hmm. when like song's finished but what you're saying about the uh, having the crowd in Russell Gilbrook for your eye heap mm-hmm. he has little bullet mics Mm-hmm. Uh, at the side of each stage mm-hmm. so and he has his own mixing desk there so he actually feeds it in himself oh well cool uh, so he, he does it that sort of way so he can kind of get a reaction yeah so see if you were playing a home gig like you were playing in the UK with these guys would you take your own drums oh or? yeah Aye. yeah everything uh, gets taken down to wherever we're uh, going out to mm-hmm. uh, like either rehearsal or first gig and everything like that all my I keep all my stuff home mm-hmm. um, and I um, I find it for the itinerary where we're going. It gets taken down down south, and then uh, it gets taken for there. Mm-hmm. And but I always carry more stuff in the UK and that. And sometimes if we're traveling out to Europe mm-hmm. um, with either splutter or a bus or anything like that, um, I'll take more stuff out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I mean I'm quite reluctant to let another band use. Like sure. you're a headline band, yeah. you're not going to turn around to ACDC like, oh, can we use your stuff? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's different than playing local gigs. You know, oh, yeah. Smaller, smaller venued gigs where yeah. that becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five band bill and no one's a headliner, you know, it's mm-hmm. your show. Aye, exactly. Did you have a tech? Um, not always. Right. No. Um, it wasn't It wasn't through like, anything bad or anything like that. It's like, uh, I sometimes like to set up moment stuff and it means I know everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we always had uh, techs with us. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a guitar to uh, either side of the stage, and they kind of had a rough idea with the kit, and everything yeah, something went wrong. I mean, I know that Johnny Scott was talking about this, eh? and he mm-hmm. wasn't allowed on stage at certain points for insurance and all that. So yeah. th- there was only certain people were allowed to set up the gear, and he wasn't mm-hmm. one of them. You know? Yeah, Johnny was telling us the first time he plays his drums is the gig, mm-hmm. like he doesn't even sound check it or anything. Yeah, like, yeah, it's crazy. I, I'd, I, I'd uh, Matt. Uh, Jenkins um, on 2019 um, he was my tech for a tour we were doing with FM and that really it really helped when I got Matt in um, it really took the pressure off because um, it, it knocks, you, knocks you out when you're having to load in your gear set up your kit and then pack it in you're knackered by the end of the tour mm-hmm. you're really really done in mm-hmm. and Troy Troy right? Oh yeah, Troy. Right, uh, yeah, uh-huh. He was talking about that as well. Like mm-hmm. he was having to set up a lot of his own gear, and he says it was really hurting his hands at the end of the video because mm-hmm. you're tightening stuff and everything like that, and you're playing as well. It was yeah. it was really knackering his hands. Do you play better when you've got a tech? 
I do. Right. Yeah, you feel more comfortable because right. you know that you're not having to. Uh, why is that moving? Well, and, and you know that when I had Matt behind me, um, he was just he had his eye on everything, mm-hmm. um, and it was sort of like I could actually kind of enjoy it a wee mm-hmm. more better, mm-hmm. um, and just actually focusing and kind of what I'm playing and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that. So, so yeah. if something goes wrong, will he take care of it? Oh, he was all over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few situations, a couple of things uh, went wrong, and in the next thing. He had it sorted before I even like, could yeah. like, tell him because it, I, he had these eyes on it. Yeah. I could see it happening. Yeah. Like so he was all over it. So it does really help having a tech if you're fortunate enough to get one. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So like obviously that's we're talking about you that was like your own band's tour, but like mm. how does it work for festivals and things like that? As a as a touring drummer? Like, festivals, uh you get I mean, we done a lot of our festivals in Europe. Uh-huh. Um, like Sweden and Germany and everything like that, and we so that they would be like you wouldn't have your own drums at those. No, no, we hired in. It was right. all backline hire, um, and sometimes we were only flying in for like two days or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the point of taking crew? Yeah. Um, which we just thought like we'll fly and do it ourselves, and then we'll come back off. But you are literally you set up your stuff at the stage, and once you're set up, you're out of here. Um, until like every switchovers happening and everything like they need to have that place clear because yeah, yeah. uh, it's massive switchovers yeah, yeah. and I guess when you're talking about things like insurance as well like yeah. it'll be the exact same thing like liability yeah. insurance and all that yeah if totally goes wrong when you're on the stage when you shouldn't be you're not covered mm-hmm. yeah exactly you know, that kind of thing aye you know amazing so then how long have you been here now I've been here uh, is it four years yeah, well, you tell me. You tell, yeah, you tell us. You tell me. I mean, that. you've been full time now a yearish. Yeah, yeah, I've been fully like full time, roughly, roughly about a year now. Yeah. Aye. Um, because uh, I was always coming off tour, coming in, and yeah, working, and that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, but now working in full time, it's it's even more great now because you're yeah. learning a lot more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I can imagine. Well, yeah. I can't imagine. I know that the, the, the sort of rate you learn at. Aye. When you, yeah. when you come to work, yeah, it's huge, you know. Oh, you need but to be you, on you, it. You love experience to bring with you, you know. You love different things to like, you know, things like all that touring experience of, of working with um, weird gear will let mm-hmm. you know how drums work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, young guys coming in and I'm blabbing on about this, and it's just sort of like you try to just rein them in and just kind of go right, yeah. just. Yeah focus for a wee minute and, and i've seen you do it as well i've seen guys come in with all these ideas of i want this 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 and then you'll just literally strip it down like bit by bit yeah. just be like well if you want to do that don't get this get this instead because this will do the job what you want to do much easier or blah 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 x y and z you know yeah so yeah. It's, it's quite interesting to watch my father actually mm-hmm. um yeah just yeah taking that time to do that well that's it i mean you really need to take your time uh with the uh these guys coming in like off the tour and yeah and like that yeah, it means things like if guys are, you know, if the touring pros are coming in, you understand that life. Yeah. You know, so if, if you know, you can have a chat to them in a way that maybe Adam and I can't, mm-hmm. you know, you've got things in common with them that we won't have in common, They'll you'll understand what it's like to be on the road for six weeks and we won't because mm-hmm. we've yeah. done that, you know, so, yeah. you know, you can chat to them about being road worn and all mm-hmm. these other things, you know, that we just play, hey man drums eh yeah um you might have a different insight to that you know yeah it was i mean this situation that was when i was down in leeds uh, working uh brett for drum depot mm-hmm. um yeah. he made a call in it just so happened i was working that day in leeds he found out 
uh, I was there and he says, oh, I've got this band on tour, um, them damn crows that were called, and he's coming up to Leeds, he needs this pronto, blah, blah, blah and he needs you to help, help me fix it and everything like that. And it was great, because it was just sort of like, oh, Dave's there, he can sort you out. And so it was kind of nice that sort of way, um, touring band, yeah. he, can, he can sort you out and yeah. uh, fix whatever the problem was. It was something to do with snare. Right. It uh, just needed fixing that, and it was like, right, okay. Speaking no of, if anyone listening... Once a snare overhauled, yeah. Dave is the guy to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Dave absolutely. is the man. Yeah. Oh, that's I had. Um, what was that free floater? Uh, the the pre-owned one we went and had. Yeah, we've got um, a few of those. Aye, bloody hell, that yeah. was that was shining. Yeah. <laughs> you cool. need to fix them? No, no, no. I was just, I was, I was actually, I was trying to signal to you subtly. Um, if you could talk closer to the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Because yeah. you're very far away. Okay. And I would like the people to hear your your dulcet tones. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll put it here. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you can just embarrass me. And I, I I realise that now. <laughs> right. I've grown okay. I've grown past the time of being ta- being shy. I'll just yeah. say. Yeah. Yes. Just talk into the microphone. Talking to the microphone. Okay. Uh, I'll talk into the microphone now. <laughs> Good man. So, um, <laughs> so dr- drum maintenance has obviously been a, a a thing of yours for a while. What what uh, would you? How would you suggest or teach people? Drum maintenance. What do what's like five key Dave drum maintenance things that they need to know? Well, one of the, one of the main main ones I would say is stop leaving your your drums in the car overnight. <laughs> well, yeah, the amount of people yeah. that get them stolen as well. Aye, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Aye, but condensation is a big killer to drums, um, and especially see if you're playing that night and you're sweating, it's going over the drums. Mm. Sweat marks are on it, and next thing you're staining the motor overnight. It's just like, it's going to rust. Yeah, like, yeah. Rust marks going to appear. Um, I know it's hard, but stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Dave been said, told. Uh, okay, what else? Um, That's one. I'd probably say the um, grease. Grease your uh, screws up. Your inserts? I grease them regularly. Because um, you'll find that when you're like, your tension up next thing, <laughs> you're playing like a say you're playing like a first number or something uh-huh. like that and you're like oh no that screws on you know what I mean yeah yeah I do threading screws <laughs> and all that you know. so tension n- rods number two grease is the word uh, uh, um, three change change your heads regularly like okay. when they need to okay so this is a debate people ask is about all the time every day uh, how often do you change your heads my my, I would say my bottom heads, I, I don't change them as often as I change my top heads. And this is on toms you're talking about? Uh, no, this is on snares. snares I'm sticking well. to snares okay. now. Um, so I would say on snares, uh, depending on how often you gig, um, if you're gigging like every weekend, say like three nights a week, mm-hmm. every weekend, uh, depending on how hard you play, uh, if you're a soft player of... I mean, change by the end of the month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to be fine. Uh, but if you really lay into it, maybe a couple of weeks freshen it up. I mean, it's going to be full of dust. It's going to uh, mm. there's going to be crap sitting in there. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a case of just taking it off and cleaning it out, mm-hmm. um, it might be okay and yeah. just place it back on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of like that theory. What be your bass drum? Bass drum. Ah, uh, I would say I've had a bass drum head on there for like three months or something like that. Okay. And, uh, and you're playing how often? Um, when I was playing solid, uh, I would probably like five five nights or something. Like right. That. Okay. A week. Uh, so, so you're, yeah. you're getting quite 
you're getting a lot longer from the bass drum than you are from the snare drum. Yeah, you're hitting it with a felt. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't need to be hit. It doesn't need to sound the same either, does it? Because it's yeah. dampened and all that as well. Aye. But just remember, put a patch on your bass drum. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. make it last longer. But yeah. if, different stories, if you're playing with the, uh, the plastic side of the, the beater, yeah, it might dent it. Right, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, toms? Toms, um, I would probably say like a couple of weeks, three weeks. Okay. Ahead. I mean, toms, they can lose, not the bottom heads. Right. Bottom heads, you might just need to detune them and retune them again okay. or something like that. But yeah, freshen up the top heads. Right. Yeah. Regularly. Yeah. yeah so it's a full. I mean, what heads do you play? At the moment, I've went over Evans. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, I've I'm using the UV twos. Okay. Top moment. and bottom. Uh, no. No. Oh. Uh, I'm using um stock is? heads on the bottom. I think. No, actually, I changed them right. out. Uh, what am I? What am I using on the bottom? G ones. G twos, sorry. All right, so coated G twos. Okay, wow. Okay, so UV 2s top, G twos bottom. What about your snare head? Uh, I'm using a UV two on that as well. Oh, are you? With three hundred okay. Right. Okay. Uh, the bottom. I didn't know that. I thought you would have gone some heavier, but you're quite happy with it. No, it's working out great. Yeah, those um, th- those heads last a while, eh? Oh, brilliant. Um, ever since I got shown them and like uh, tune them and that, I yeah, thought was that oh, January Ben was in. It was like January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great day. Yeah, like, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. You could tell Dave was like a kid on Christmas <laughs> that day. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. I was yeah. hugging him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird when you grab Ben though and you just like hugged him for a while. That was a bit. Yeah, yeah, was a bit that was a fair yeah. hug. Yeah. yeah. So love, yeah, man. Took him out for dinner and all that. And <laughs> just like, the weird bit was I saw you both going on. It's like, anyway. No, I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that was three tips. So you've got two left. Two left to. Um, to um, oh, here. Check your snare wires. Okay. I popped a snare wire all day. Really? Yeah. Just, f- just for nothing, or just nah. play it? Well, it's it was after I played. I mean, I was playing for about three hours. Right. Um, but I went and lifted the snare, and I just like ting, 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 and then lift. Uh, ah, one of the snare. Do you snip it? <laughs> you can you laugh just, what you want. Nah, 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 <laughs> do you snip them straight away? I do. I kind of I bend them back, um, just so that I'm not putting the wires in, and it doesn't catch the head. In case if you put snippers in, it might catch the head and bust you it. Take the wires off. Yeah, no, I'll just, just leave them on. Yeah, just leave them on and can't bend it back, snip it. Right, okay. Yeah. So if you, how long would it be before you then change that wire over? Um, I've, I mean, I, I've had about two months out like right. wire or so something. So is that a wire even but with a strand or two missing? Yeah, yeah. Right, so Aye. you're happy enough. Because I guess you're not necessarily looking for intricacy all that much if you're just yeah. pud smack, you know, if that's your thing. If it's still got life in it, yeah. uh, just keep using it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So... That's four. Fifth one, last one. Uh, um, hardware, anything to do with hardware, pedals, anything like that. Uh, are we sticking to sticking to drums or like hardware? <laughs> uh, no, I mean just like if you you know generally. Yeah. Um, it's up to you. You're the maintenance man. Yeah. True. Actually. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Um, oh no. What's the fifth one? You really got me there, Adam. Bag of spares, maybe, or something along those lines. But you, there's a specific spares that you would always keep. Oh, ah, here's one. Absolutely. Here right. Drumsticks. Uh huh. Right. See if it, see if the head of your drumstick starts chewing. Uh huh. Don't keep playing the the drums because it could end up denting the head. It could. Well, that also sounds awful. It does. Yeah, and you you try to play a right symbol with a yeah, <laughs> chewed stick. Yeah. yeah. Um, it doesn't sound quite right. Next yeah. thing you give him a new stick, oh, sounds better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my stick's all chewed. Uh, my symbol doesn't sound right. It's obviously the symbol's fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've had some interesting conversations like that. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with <laughs> you said that in like the tone of like a weathered man of like I've seen some things, man. <laughs> like. Just some things that'll make you, yeah. Just I, um, yeah. Sometimes people don't get it. You know, mm. I've had people they love the feel of a stick that's been played for two years, mm-hmm. yeah. but they're like, I can't get that with a new stick. Like, well, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, it, people have an interesting relationship with their drumsticks. Yeah, they sometimes do. you know they they like the sound of it beating up. Yeah, you know? for some guys it's like a competition. Like, how long will this stick last me before it literally like <laughs> turns into sawdust? <laughs> do you remember? You know, we Gary he used to teach you. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I know you Gary. Just yeah. see the middle of Gary's stick. Like, uh, he'll just play it till it looks like an hourglass. Yeah, you know? I'm the same. I'm the exact same. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, like he he has. The middle of his left hand stick, his snare drum stick, is almost worn out, and just over the the sort of, just under the sh- the, the top of his uh, his hi hat stick, just they wear in two places, and <laughs> it just keeps going till it snaps. Yep, you know? rim shotting constantly. <laughs> no, some people just don't want to buy drum stick. It's true. I like buying new sticks. Yeah, <laughs> I like to treat myself. Yeah, I do, man. It's the little things in life. It's the little <laughs> thing. We love treating ourselves. Gail, look what I got. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> pair of sticks. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I mean, what, what, can you remember them all? Oh. New heads regularly. Uh, uh, look after snare wires. Grease. Grease the wheel. Yeah, uh, bass drum patch and bass. Um, yeah. Was it? I'm sure there was something bass drummy in there. There was, yeah. Well, it's changed, so. Um, <laughs> doing well uh, yeah <laughs> people are looking at it like, let's go to the tape uh, <laughs> there's five things in there yeah, uh, yeah. um i don't know they are comment below um okay um <laughs> what's your appreciate you've you've done videos on this we, we when we started lockdown we did this but what's your symbol clearing procedure oh right okay so for those of you who maybe don't know um over um when the rona was rife um <laughs> Dave was done a fantastic job of doing um, kind of maintenance videos for the shop on the lines of obviously what we've always been speaking about and everything, uh, and they were great. And Dave can clean a symbol like I've I've never seen anyone quite clean a symbol as thoroughly as I have with Dave. So <laughs> do you want to talk to us through the process of how you clean a symbol, Dave, and why everyone else does it wrong? <laughs> I, well, I yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I will tell everyone why they are all wrong. Yeah, here we go. Um, <laughs> Brace yourself. Well, there's there's something I need to be clear about. Uh, first off, pasty symbols. Um, there's certain symbol cleaners for certain symbols. Correct. Um, and uh, pasty, um, you need to use pasty cleaner on those symbols. Because yeah. if you use uh, other symbol cleaners, it is going to be a green gunk everywhere, and you're not going to get it back to life again. Yeah, um, it's like it, it almost kind of goes without saying. Like, if you play a certain brand of symbols, and that brand makes a specific cleaner for that brand, use that brand exactly. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. I stick to stick to the brand. Uh, my process of it is like you maybe see like me we like, green marks or something like that appearing on your symbol. Sometimes it can be condensation. Mm-hmm. Something like you're going in and out of venue, so it's hot to yeah. cold cars and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. or sweat is coming off you, yeah. and it's going and it's just drying in on the symbol. Yeah. The green marks are appearing. Um, so it's I like to just get the symbol right right away um, and get the cleaner on it, mm-hmm. but leaving it for like a good 
like a couple of minutes to let it eat into the symbol. Yeah. Um, and because somebody will spray it and then they'll clean it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ah, see, that's pro tip. Aye. Leave it on there Absolutely. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Let it eat the symbol. <laughs> <laughs> let, it, let it eat the symbol. Um, and uh, I'll go with Groove Juice. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's, with the symbol cleaner with that, it's like a hot and cold um, cloth. Right. Um, so you have two cloths. You have a, a hot one and a cold one. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you're, you're cleaning up uh, with it. The kind of hot one after you've sprayed it on, right? Um, then uh, wipe it down with the cold one mm-hmm. after that. And then uh, once you've got with that, dry it off. So sorry, just to kind of backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the heat obviously helps get all the yeah the stuff off, and then you're cooling it right down. With yeah, it. Okay. but obviously avoiding labels. Yeah. Um, I mean they're stamped on these like, kind of labels and Label, that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just if you start to work your way, there's a high toxic. Mm-hmm. And like these cleaners, if you go immediately to those logos, it's just going to wipe it right off. Yeah. Sure. Aye. I know some symbols, like Paiste, have a protective lacquer. Yeah. So you can only use Paiste cleaner. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, it's going to, if you use all a symbol cleaner, big green gunk's going yeah. to like, yeah. come up. Have you ever found anything like that? You have ever had anything like that with using, using polish? Or is, is, is polish always just like Mr. Sheen? Well, I'm actually just about to get to that. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's me told. <laughs> Sit down. Uh, Conversation maintenance. <laughs> Let the man speak. <laughs> so, Dave, talk to us about your love of Mr. Sheen. Um, well, after well, the whole process I was talking about with the symbol, cleaning the hot and cold, and then you're come on now that's just it's my car keys yeah just <laughs> 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 what you use it like in the shop yeah, <laughs> it's like the banners it's, it's hard not to man it's hard not to it's fine. so yeah aye you yeah we get seagulls on the roof so that's probably not yesterday we had a man on the roof <laughs> I never told you guys this. <laughs> really? <laughs> we had a guy on the roof and apparently um Gordon was saying that there was a man on the roof. Sorry to divert from no, no, I for just a split second because I need to get this out. Um we, we just heard the seagulls walking on the roof and then all of a sudden we just heard like giant footsteps and we're like, either it's a man or a giant seagull. Walking on the wind. Walking on the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um so um so yeah, so there was a guy up there apparently cleaning out the gutters of the roof. Oh, okay. So, and some dead seagulls apparently I mean that was way um, was he using Mr Sheen up there yes <laughs> there's a segue to bring it right <laughs> back segue, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even from here back over here back over so your, sing- your, pro- your process for cleaning your symbols how do you clean them yeah <laughs> right well um, groove juice I've gone back to right okay. okay right we're spraying it on and then we're leaving it to let it eat and the symbol blah yep. blah let the process of it of it cleaning it and taking up all the gunk and that hot and cold cloth. So I'm cleaning it down with a hot cloth and then um, taking all the marks off of it, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and then uh, wiping it down with a cold one. Mm-hmm. And then drying it off with a normal cloth. And then to really like, buff it up, um, I'd use Mr. Sheen on it. Right. I can't go heavy with it. Okay. Um, just to get a good uh, film on it and let that eat in for a couple of minutes. Right. But you, just going around it with circles and circles and then really buffing up with um, clean cloth. And that's what does it. That's me. What, it's dead easy. I've never cleaned a symbol in my life. Come on. Have you so not? Never. Really? Oh. No, never. 
I should maybe start, but because you're not wanted to, or uh, between I'm not wanting to and I'm super lazy. <laughs> That's fair. You know, like yeah. I, I just like there's stuff I'd rather do with my time, but I admire Dave because <laughs> Dave does it regularly. You give your symbols to Dave. Well, some of them because some of them are like old and and they sound better because they're grimy. I was yeah. going to say that. Do you do you like your symbols? The darker stuff I use, yeah, like super like. Super grimy, eh? Yeah. Don't I wouldn't, you know. Like I don't think I've got artisan hi hats and I don't think they even have a logo on them now. They've wow. been played out so much, you know. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. not necessarily I, I might just it's a thing for me. It's a thing. Yeah. I was actually um watching Sabian, I've been doing some really cool Instagram stuff. Uh and talking about, you know, a symbol will play itself in and it'll change over the course of its lifetime. Yeah. You know, they were doing a... I think they did a replica symbol for, like, Chick Corea or something, the piano player, because he had the, the ride symbol somebody used on. One of his albums is really famous, etc., etc. But they, they they had this dilemma where they couldn't decide if they wanted to make it, like, super brand new, 40 years old, or somewhere in the middle, because they can replicate those sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think they opted for somewhere in the middle of it all. Yeah. Because um, after a certain number of years a symbol will totally change i remember about 10 or so years ago as well there was this old myth that drummers used to bury their symbols in the back garden Mm -hmm. like legitimately they would bury them in the earth so sabian took a hundred artisan symbols and buried them in the ground okay yeah Mm -hmm. i remember you showed me this video yeah they did these one of a kinds where they buried these symbols in the ground for a whole winter to see what it would do Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it fundamentally changes the pitch of them because it, you know, they'll, they'll lose some high end or some low end, or you know, I think the majority. Of the, I think they found that it brought the majority of the middle of the symbol out, wow. so it, it sort of took took it tone off the top and the bottom. You got all this mid came out. So you you, I think we had one for a while. I think we we you know. Oh was, really? Wow. Yeah, they were called like one of a hundred or something. They were called wow. artisans. That yeah, they they buried in the, the the Canadian dirt and did a whole digging up video and stuff. So it was quite fascinating, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and apparently Stanton Moore, apparently heard it here first, uh, uses lemons on his. He right. washes his symbols with lemons because it ages them. So oh. he'll get his new symbols and he'll, he'll, he'll put lemon juice over them and, and, and rub lemons all over them to, oh, to okay. age the symbol because that's the sound he wants. You know, uh-huh. So those old 50s sounds, those 50s Ks that people are trying to get, he apparently lemons is what does it for him. Uh-huh. I'd heard. You know? So... Do you think he would do that with his signature symbols? Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. It's oh, like okay. a thing he does, yeah. Right, yeah, Because okay. he doesn't necessarily want them to be super shiny and, and new, you know, right. so he'll take some that, So is that kind of the same theory as like a guitar player would put their guitar like in a cold room or like a freezer to relic it? <coughs> I have no idea about that. I didn't know that was a thing that they did. Yeah, some guitarists that are from what, again, you've, you've heard it here first. Yeah. Um, but I know of certain, guitar, certain guys who will buy a guitar brand new and want it to look as if it's been played for see, years. See, for me, that's weird because that's just an aesthetic. It yeah. doesn't change the sound. Yeah. Uh, at least I don't think it changes yeah, the sound. Yeah, I was going to say because it, it still would, isn't it? So it'll still change. I, I would imagine yeah, there's, it would change There's lots way. of electronics that are doing the work. Okay, and the yeah, minute you enough. put it through an overdrive pedal or, or an amplifier's colouring the sound, yeah. there's so many other factors to to mm. a guitar than mm. than than a, a drum. You know, like mm. can you imagine coming in and buying a, a relic Black Beauty? 
which you, you know, can get now yeah but that's not relic that's not that doesn't look like it's been mistreated for 40 years and, and like tied to the back of the car and driven down the street you know what <laughs> i mean because some of those relic guitars just look like they've been beaten up you know yeah. um that's just the, the natural shell yeah it's just the, when the you air know. oxidizes yeah, yeah yeah so it's not 40 years of of, of use that that's what the relic thing's trying to achieve to make a guitar look vintage yeah you know you've got a 60s 400 right i do yeah that's uh, it's pet mageddon oh well yeah it's, it's, pit it's, it's, it's pretty bad yeah. it's, so can you imagine buying that new that, that ludwig had created that drum with that amount of pitting on it to sell you new for a thousand pounds yeah, I suppose that. You know what I mean? And, like, it just wouldn't happen, you know, in Drumsville. Fair enough. Not I, on I'll Big Dave's it. watch, anyway. I know. It's Big like Dave I'm would probably take it back to the raw aluminium. <laughs> <and just, laughs> <yeah. laughs> I, I had that actually happen. A customer uh, uh, who bought... Uh, he used to come for lessons years ago and he bought some stuff off his bank. He bought a kit for his grandson. Had an original 63 400 and the matching uh, classic maple. Right, he okay. had drums from the 60s. Wow. And this snare drum was minted and he wanted it cleaned. So he took it to a guy to clean it who took it a buffer to it. Oh, a high no. speed buffer. <laughs> to it. No. He did. And he dented the shell and he took all the chrome off it. The guy was nearly crying. It was like, you oh. realize the age of that drum, the value of that drum. Oh, no. And the guy ruined it. And he can't get it re chromed. It's, 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 I don't think anybody will re chrome it for him. What? Yeah, that's heartbreaking. It was pretty bad. I. It was pretty bad. You know, Dave's not going to sleep tonight. No one thinking about that. I like, know. Just give you guys number. Like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'll go. I'll go fix it. I'll fix it. It just came back to me. Like what the fifth one was. What? <laughs> <laughs> Stop leaving your drums overnight in the motor. That's it. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I imagine that your prized possession. And someone takes a, a high-speed buffer to, to clean it and takes all the aluminium off, or all the chrome off the aluminium and de- <sighs> and dents the shell. <laughs> As if, like, losing all the, the chrome plating wasn't bad enough. Just to I mean, it, apparently it was minted. It was like a new drum. Yeah. It, all he wanted was a clean. Oh, no. like, imagine going to pick it up. Like, <laughs> just... Give me a pool cord. <laughs> <laughs> Just like heart, like you say, heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, so heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do in awkward situations like that. Like, I don't, what do you do like, in those situations? I know. Like, I mean, imagine that was a guy had brought a drum in here to clean, and you know, we drop it and break something on it. It's like, I've often right, real talk, right. From from drum shop employee to other drum shop okay. employees, I've always wondered what happens in those situations. Well, like, nothing's uh, it's never happened. Okay, so that's that. Because <laughs> we're, we're careful, you know, okay, yeah, and we have a, a, a pretty solid reputation to, to, to uphold. Yeah, absolutely. But we've, I've, we've never damaged a customer's gear that I can think of that or that I know of. Mm-hmm. You know, nah, that's that's the thing. I mean, like we're always got our eye on each other. Yeah. And, you know, like <laughs> when I put a day something, you're going to get smacked over the back yeah, of the head. Yeah. <laughs> what you doing? Is it why anyone who comes out of the shop and they don't see me again? It's because I'm buried <laughs> underneath the shop. I I have I have, I've, I've damaged stock. Oh oh, I, I, are we going to tell this story? I'll tell <laughs> I tell the story. Yeah, yeah, love it. There I there was, was a, a story, well, I don't love a story, but 2008. There was um, <laughs> Tama Superstar Custom. The, Oh, yeah, drop your phone. <laughs> 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 Small stock. Um, Superstar Custom 
was the lacquered version of the Superstar kit that used to be made. It was back when we had <clears> 10, 12, and a hanging 14. And I took a 14 out of the box and scored it right up the staple from the bottom of the drum, from the top of the drum right to the bottom of the drum because I never noticed the staple. Because for those of you who don't know, when you when a drum kit comes to the shop in a box, there has massive industrial staples that staple the box so that it doesn't open or get damaged in transit. I'd opened the box and I thought I'd taken all the staples out. I hadn't and I lifted this drum and scored it the length of the shell. <laughs> <laughs> no. That was pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Um, you know, it was an accident. It yeah. happened. We mm. sold the drums off cheaper than we should have. Yeah. Move on. We all do. We've all been pretty good with accidents and stuff like that that happens in here. You know, we've all dropped something. You know. Drum key for me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 dropped. Dave, Dave dropped a drum key. My wife dropped a drum key on my brand new sonar kit right on the bass drum that's shell what I done. on the first night I took it out and it put a little dink in the shell no. that's, that's exactly what I done with a tama kit in here yeah. sitting up bang yeah. right off I mean finishes are so fragile some yeah. of the finishes we have in here are super fragile yeah. like we, we've got to be careful cleaning them eh? like oh. when you when you dust them down because you can scratch the lacquer mm-hmm. you know you can some some dusters um, can actually scratch uh, it gets near, so we need to use certain dusters with yeah, uh, yeah. other kits. Absolutely, absolutely. Politics. You know, I mean, I was, I was, there was a spate of you know occasionally symbols coming in with things in them. Oh. Certain, I'm not going to name brands and stuff, but it's just because of the way they've been stored in a warehouse. You know, mm. if they've been stored on the edge, yeah, you've got to send that back straight away. You know, yeah. Like, ah, nah. Oh, no. You know, yeah. not. To, I mean, that's not even talking about the perils of drums being damaged in transit. Yeah, you know, yeah. if if they've turned up from a company and you know they've be, we've had that before where kits have come in broken and I I, remember, I think I remember in one of my first weeks here we got a, a a kit in I can't remember what kit it was but I just remember distinctly that it had a crack in the shell yeah yeah and it was fresh out of the box mm-hmm. and it was just a big just like a like a it wasn't even just a small it was a massive like crack and mm. like within the shell you could always see it through the the drum head because it had a clear head on it. Whoa, that's not supposed to be there. No, it's, I mean, there was companies for a while were doing like seven piece kits in a box. Aye. Mm-hmm. That's going to go wrong somewhere. <laughs> you know, seven drums in one box is going to, it's, it's, yeah. you're going to get some damaged drums along the road. You know, you can only mitigate for that so far. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't control that. You know, so we've had, yeah, we've, we've definitely had kits turn up cracked you know cracked bearing edges you look like you've got a story i know i just i remember a time like i almost screwed it up Dave <laughs> 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 remembers a time where he almost wasn't sitting here right uh, now. <laughs> i know yeah uh, the old shop I'd, <laughs> it was in the morning I'd, i was out doing a delivery and um, I, came <laughs> <laughs> I think i know that story no you don't actually oh, I don't know, I know. it was way before your time yeah. um and uh, we just got a brand new Sonar SQ2 and a black lacquer on it. Right. And <laughs> I was out doing a delivery and Paul had just got one of the toms out of the boxes. But um, he was talking to you and Gordon in the office and this thing was sitting on the front desk and I just walked in. And what did I do? Like, I'd slightly moved the tom across, I like pushed it across the, the desk. He's like, what are you doing? And he uh. kicked me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I wasn't working, but it's stuff of legend. Liam caught a snare drum that had fallen off the the top shelf. You know, oh. in the old shop where we had the, th- the we we could have the drums right up high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A snare drum fell, 
and Liam caught it before oh. it hit the floor. You remember the what make? What a legend. Yamaha, it was a stage custom. Oh! <laughs> it was a stage custom snare. I'm sure it was a stage custom. Liam, right in and tell us if we're right, but Liam caught a snare drum like inches off the floor, like Superman <laughs> dive, caught it. <laughs> Just uh. heroes don't wear capes. No. They catch drums from hitting the floor. Do you know what? That just makes me love Liam even more. Uh, what a hero. Yeah, amazing, you know. So yeah, hero, you know, um, it can be precarious. Um, that was know, dodgy on that one. You know, but you know, that's they look great, so they do. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, the, made, it's the sacrifice, bro. Uh, um, we made it look great, but that arch roof it was like Yeah, that was tough. But yeah, you know I've sort of got to be careful with, with dealing with gear you know you've got Aye. to be quite precious about it but also not because it's not ours at the same time you know so we mm. still have to sell it don't become attached but treat it well yeah exactly you know. treat it like your own drum kit yeah absolutely huh? yeah absolutely um, <laughs> you're <all> laughing <laughs> so what, what drums are you playing now tell us what you're playing because you bought new drums recently I did um, I'm playing a pedal reference pure ones right yeah. uh, what made you change Dave was a Gretsch man for the longest time I love Gretsch for, uh, I always still do yeah, uh, and you still have a, a Gretsch kit. Yeah, I've got a new classic yeah. uh, sitting in the house. Um, but it was time. It was time to upgrade. Right. I mean, I had a renowned Maple for so long, and mm. it was just sort of like this reference pure came in, roughly the same sizes as what I had, and it was just sort of like, well, if you're going to go for a renowned Maple to a reference pure, sort of like, hey, you're making a big jump. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a kind of there's a small backstory to that kit as well because we teased you forever to get that kit. I mean, it's just feel right. like well, it ticked all the boxes. You love mahogany. Yep. It has mahogany in the shells on the bigger drums, so mm-hmm. and it has maple. So that was like taking the two Gretsch kits that you had and and literally putting it into one one kit. Oh, aye. yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think you've got anything smaller than a twelve on that kit, do you? Eh, uh, no. So nah. you don't have any birch in it. So it's maple and maple and mahogany. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like the perfect kit. It's black, rock as it gets. Yeah, yeah it's a matte black uh, finish. Um, what sizes? Uh, so I've got a 12, 13, uh, 16, 18, 24. So, that's I mean, just, that literally screams Dave. Yeah. And you can't get any more like, bigger than that. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> but it's proper rock and roll drums. Right? Aye, Do I'm, you ever play the, the five shells, 12, 13, 16, 18? Yeah. Do you I ever have, set them all up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have done it plenty of times. I mean, doing that, I, I like doing the, the rack toms offset. Oh, okay. uh, for the bass drum I just think it's a wee more comfortable because I can get that ride cymbal in yeah yeah sure but it shifts your hi-hat yeah. over just a wee bit yeah, but yeah. who cares it's just sort of like yeah. you get used to it yeah absolutely um, but there's <laughs> a bit of stretch on the legs when you're trying to do that <laughs> you know like <laughs> I, it's a wee bit uncomfortable um, but, but no it's good fun yeah and those kits sound amazing eh ah oh, unbelievable like live I've had every sound guy like tell me it's just like I don't even need to do anything with this kit. Yeah. It's like yeah. the low ends there, I'm getting the right amount of pitch free, obviously the high end of it. Which is like people. the perfect news you want to hear as well. Do you know it's it's yeah. the reference is still the the only kit that Gordon's like, Yep. Whenever, really? Yeah. Yeah. Gordon loves a reference for live when he's engineering them. It's his favourite kit to engineer. Yeah. Um, he was wanting to a deposit off me. <laughs> <laughs> um so you're digging the reference. Oh, loving it. Yeah. I and just loving everything that Peril's doing, like mm. um, with those with those kits. And see, be honest, I mean, way back to their exports. Yeah, they, 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 they do make amazing drums. They do. What snare drum are you playing? Um, it's kind of mixed between the two. I've got a Sense Tone uh, six and a half. What kind of material? Uh, it's just a standard um, steel shell. Aye. Ah, right. Sorry. Okay. 
Um, and I've uh, got a, a chrome over brass, uh, Gretsch. Lovely. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yeah, uh, six and a half as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, is that a Brooklyn or a USA custom? I think it's a. I think it's a Brooklyn. Right. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, um, and the the uh, the big boy I've got is the Gretsch um, uh, fourteen by eight. Uh, the Swamp Dog. What? No, you've 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 used one as well. Full range. Full range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, my God, you can yeah. do anything with that drum. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Just, do you ever play two snare drums like side drum and, and main snare? Actually, I'm in a pub gig once, right. um, and I've had to had have one high pitched. Yeah, and obviously, I feel like that fourteen by eight would just be like big ballad snare. Yeah, you know for Doosh. yeah, absolutely. Aye, just right. tune it way down. Yeah, given the size of the drums you play, you know, Put a big fat snare drum. Yeah, that. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, unbelievable. So that's a maple and a brass and a steel so that's going to cover all the bases really yeah it? i mean those yeah. sensitones are great as well mm. for what they can do yeah i'm Aye. sure pretty sure it's the very similar shell if not the same shell to the ian pace drum it is yeah, it's yeah. Very but similar. ian pace has the, the the kind of grommet things on it they help dampen it and stuff you know it's yeah got different features on it but yeah they're great shells yeah and it was a standard the uh, triple flange suit was on it but right. i changed it out and put a die cast on it okay and it just opened it up yeah. even yeah. more. Like a shotgun. Aye, but it mm. busts your sticks even more, but yeah. like, yeah, it's Did so much better. Were, were you playing <laughs> 24 bass drums before? Always. Right. Like, except for way, way back um, when I played the 26. Um, okay. It was, remember the... Oh, 26? Wow. I used to play 26. <laughs> Is that a Gretsch kit as well? That was a Premier. It was an old... Oh, okay. Uh, Artist white, series? I think it was yeah, yeah, white think, marine. Yeah, so. I think I remember those. They were the artist birch kits. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. That's him. Um, yeah. And I actually traded it in here, right? And got the Gretsch um, Catalina, Catalina one, the black sparkle. Because mm-hmm. um, Catalina in the twenty six wasn't fun. No, <laughs> no. That's what you need a road crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you've got to even think about things like the size of the case. Oh, and, that, that and it was a hard case. Yeah. Saying. So, d- and that was when you drove your van. Yeah. Yeah, because you would need to for a, a kit oh, that size, yeah. 26, yeah. And I played some pub gigs with a 26. Wow. And it was, was it a, a, by like 26 by 14? Yes, it was actually. Wow, yeah. like bottom as it gets, eh? Yeah. I mean, and I only put uh, strips of felt on. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So the front head, was it still intact? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Aye. There was no porthole. Great. Know, and it just felts on it um, and it was wide open. Like, so I bet that sounded amazing. It was unbelievable. I mean, the guy in King Touch, he's like, I think it's a cannon. Yeah. Like, but you're killing the band. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. So did, was that, a, when you came to buy a new kit, was that a consideration as well, volume? Um, not really. Because you went down to 24. To My main reason I wanted to do it was actually Taylor Hawkins. Oh, cool, okay. And it was the Pretender. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. When he, that, that's when he switched to Gretsch, wasn't it? That was, that was the kind of Because he played, he played Tama for years and then he switched to Gretsch. Yeah. I mean, he was he was great on the Tamakits. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but when you saw that video and you saw he's playing Gretsch now. Yeah, uh, was it a black sparkle? Or was it f- uh, just a black lacquer? It looks like a black sparkle, but yeah. I mean the video moves about that much. You just can't tell. Yeah, uh, I know. Sounds amazing. Aye. Um, so you went to Catalina, and then you yep. played and an, and a renown at the same time. Uh, no, I had I had the Catalina for um, I've probably about four years. I've done a lot of touring with that kit. Right. Um, Saved you well. I did. I didn't fault at all. With them. Nothing broke on it. It's super light. Yeah, well. they're so damn light. Yeah. Uh, and so great. Uh, mahogany shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it done the job and then uh, that was sort of like, right, okay, 
touring's becoming a bit more uh, more and more here. Let's more get important, some, yeah. Aye, let's yeah. get something a bit more roadworthy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was... Sexy. Aye. And, and what were your renown sizes? Uh, renown was um, same as the Catalina. It was 24, 13, 16, 18. Okay. What finish? It was uh, Dark Walnut, I remember. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know if I ever saw your renown, actually. I don't remember... You had it. You had it. I can't remember it. Mm. Yeah, it, it only lasted like I think a weekend here, and then it was gone. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a great cat anyway. Like, it yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, done the job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, beautiful to record with because you got all the because of the maple the, the higher end. Yeah, yeah. Did you record that with the choir boys? Uh, choir boys union as well. Oh, uh, okay, I didn't know you'd recorded with the union. Yeah. Because um, I remember you did a blues album with the choir boys. Uh, yep. Yeah, I've done it. I've done, um, f- uh, I think it's four or five albums of the Cowboys. Oh, right, okay. I didn't realise. I'm so ignorant, man. I, d- I had no, no cool. idea. I thought you just. <laughs> I didn't realise they had done that many albums when you played with them. I thought it was yeah. just that. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Forget you. <laughs> um, have you recorded the reference yet? Um, I have. Why uh, did you not use that on the latest? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, yeah. great. I, I got to record Rockfield. Uh, oh, with a reference amazing aye that was special aye it was pretty special getting that kit in there did uh, you notice a difference in the, the sound of the drums with that versus the grit oh m- massively uh, it was just the tones were a lot more lower because of the mahogany uh-huh. and I was getting so much depth out of that bass drum um, mm-hmm. and it was a lot more controlled for me mm-hmm. um, with the, the maple and the mahogany kind of sitting with each other inside that bass drum it was everything was a lot more controlled. Yeah. There was no like, overtones or anything like that mm-hmm. happening, um, and the toms as well. But I only had the twelve at the time. Right. But I was still able to control it. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was fine. I mean, the rooms in there are brilliant, uh, but those floor toms are unbelievable. I bet. Uh, especially I bet. the sixteen by fourteen because the air's going through it so quick. Yeah. And you you don't need to do anything with it. Okay. Um, Is it an eighteen by sixteen floor uh, tom that you've got 16, 14, 18, 16? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Aye. So it's, I mean, you go to the 18s can be a right pain to tune something. It's a reference pure, eh? Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the distinction is that the thin, the shell is thinner. Aye. Yeah. 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 So did the engineer in Rockfield have to do anything to the kit? Not much. Not much. No, There's no. A bit of kind of EQing. Yeah, a wee bit of EQing here and there. Um, but I like to kind of go in prepared. The kit's already tuned. Sure. Um, instead of spending like a whole day having to tune well, it. Well, it just oh. means that everything... It runs a lot smoother that way. You're not having to start from ground zero, yeah. basically. You so can get it that. with a head start. Yeah. And I'd, I take it you would always re-head the drums before you got the other brand new heads for a recording every time? Uh, not always. Not always? Okay. No, I like I like them kind of a wee bit um, bedded in. For, in oh, okay. Right, okay. Um, that, that surprises me. Yeah, because sometimes detuning starts happening and, and right, you've okay. maybe got that, that sound already there if uh-huh. it already played in. Right, okay. Yeah, and it's sort of, fair I enough. don't want to tamper yeah, with this. Fair enough. But it depends on your recording situation. If you're recording a lot, uh-huh. then you might have to, let's say, change out the snare head or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, do you play differently? I do. In the studio for as opposed to live? Yeah, um, I would say I would play a lot more um, controlled and right. less, less arms. Right. Like, <laughs> coming up. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, because you don't need to, it's not a show, is it? I mean, who are you trying to impress? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, uh, the wee bird outside the window. It's yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> flying bird, obviously. <laughs> um, so you just kind of wind it in a bit, and yeah. do you hit them as hard? 
Because you can still hit them hard without the arms up in the air, you know. So I would say mainly uh, depending on what part of the song, right? Um, like you say, like you're a you're a certain part of the song. It's like why do you need to hit the rim on that? Yeah, sure. It's just sort of like bring it up, man. Hit, yeah. Just hit the centre. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as it maybe I don't know chorus or something like that, or like like you're going to the the, the right out and the fade out. right out. It's yeah. just sort of like start laying into it, mm-hmm. and that's when maybe the left arm will maybe come up, right? And mm-hmm. you're bringing it. Well, that's it because you just, you also want to capture the energy at the same time as you well, do. don't you? You know, like yeah, getting yeah. a good drum take yeah. sometimes requires that you kind of give it the same, maybe not exactly the same as what you play live, but yeah, um, at least a bit of kind of like get Aye. up and go about it. It's like <sighs> this is going somewhere, it's driving. You want to have a you want to have the hair stand up the back of your neck. Like, yeah, when, yeah, absolutely. Ah, right, this is this is working here. Did you change your cymbal setup for the recording? Uh, not much. No. So, what's your cymbal? Uh, symbol set up at the moment is uh, Zildjian Vedas, uh, and it's a 24-inch ride, medium. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, thought uh, I always thought you played a 22. Nah, 24. We're yeah. learning about our friend today. <laughs> <laughs> today on Not Knowing Your Friend So Well. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> today on Who Are You? Uh, Crashes. Uh, I'm on 20s now. Um, I'm on a medium, two medium things. Right. Um, and I'm on... I've got a thin as well, mm-hmm. so all three twenties uh, and fifteen inch um, medium hi hats. New beats, um, or just regular? Oh, just, just regular, right? Yeah, um, you said that. So yeah, just working it. So super simple, no china, no effects, just nah. two crashes, one ride hats. <laughs> yeah, I turned up once with a china, and uh, then was like, oh, "What do you think you're on a play for Prince or something like that?" <laughs> so I thought, "What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. That's that's basically means don't bring that china out of the bag. I know. Yeah, uh-huh. So they slowly slipped <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're starting to write out your P60. <laughs> uh, it's all right. I brought it back out in uh, one of the festivals. They yeah. didn't even notice. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> um, I got you. Um, so you just so across the board, then you're, the the name of the game for you is super consistency. Yeah. Nice. Same drums, same cymbals. Well, I, do, I find it. What's the point of changing your setup in the studio? to what you play live yeah I, I mean some people could argue that darker symbols record yeah differently from brighter symbols and they might want that mm-hmm. you know they might want you to have crashes that don't bleed in everything mm-hmm. you know were you isolated in Rockfield or were you playing in a live room I was isolated in a kind of uh, a drum sort of chamber they call it right uh, so it's um, and you're in the drum room it's we slight riser and these uh, big like, I think they're like four like glass or something like doors yeah, like, and then bang the, so like you weren't shot. bleeding cymbals into my amps nah. or nah, they, well the, the amps are actually away in the other rooms like right. disappeared somewhere okay. um, so even so the guitarists can can't yeah, yeah. Uh, play them yeah. um, so everything's like might away feature not miles away but like yeah, far get, away yeah, yeah, get yeah, it, far yeah. away feature and yeah. I can't even hear them and yeah. unless I'm dialed in and yeah. talk back um, so yeah, it kind of works that way, and uh, as long as everybody's away from you, it's uh, it's the better thing. Yeah, um, for sure, and absolutely. You can control your cans if you want. Do you? Here's a silly question. Well, it might be, it might be a silly question, it might not. Do you, when you're recording drums, do you change the heights of your cymbals? I do. Right to keep them away from certain microphones and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've right. seen that. I've seen people like like they, they raise their crashes so that they're away from hi hat and tom mics and stuff. Yeah. And so that there's more, there's more space, less bleed, mm-hmm. you know. Especially yeah. if you're hitting them hard, 
Yeah, yeah. I, mm. I do. My crashes raise up quite a bit and obviously a slight tilt yeah. on them. So I'm not cutting the edge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're going to bust them. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, unless you've got some endorsement, then cool, why you can do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, I've, I've seen that being done before. I wasn't sure if that would be something. Because, I mean, you're playing rock and roll, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But have you seen. Is it just your crashes you do that with? Do you do it with your hats as well? Uh, hats slightly come up, so there's a bit of separation between like, the snare and. Like the yeah. hats there, um, and maybe there's a, a slight shield that goes over oh, the snare. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've so seen that. that yeah. Bleed yeah, going yeah, on there. Um, but have you actually seen? Uh, there's a Foo Fighters club kicking about, and Dave's in one room with the cymbals. Yeah, and Taylor's, oh, I haven't seen that. No. <laughs> Taylor's playing drums and Dave's playing cymbals. Aye. Oh wow, it's bizarre. I mean, I know Dave grows hi hats. There's about. 12 yards between his oh. hi-hats and his snare <laughs> drum. Like, famous for that, you know, because it means he can play the hi-hats. He doesn't have to be uncomfortable. He can play them at the heights he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite natural. And he hits them really hard. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, no, I need to check that out. What are they, what are they, are they recording something? They are. The, I can't, I don't know what album it is or anything mm-hmm. like that, but they're just is having that maybe Sonic Highways when they recorded in like loads of different studios? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Check that out. Aye, I'll see if I can find a clip. Yeah. It's really weird. And if we find it, we'll put it in the show notes as yeah. well. Aye, definitely. So if you're um, a younger drummer listening to this and you wanted to get into the touring game, what advice would you give people? Because you've never been one to party, have you? No, no. You, you've been always quite like, quite business, not business minded. That's the wrong word because that makes you sound square or something. But you've always just level headed. Yeah, thank you. Aye, aye. So, what advice would you give to younger people that um, want to go into that world? To get to get in it, just um, I mean, for me, what's can't. <laughs> what are you laughing at? No, no, I just, I just, this is like, no, it's not, not the time. This is a really important thing. I just like, I was like looking at that, like the camera that's beside me right now, and my mind just instantly went to Wayne's World for some reason. This to like the get a load of this guy cam. <laughs> but that's not why we're here. I love you, Dave. Just, you know I can make those jokes because I love you, Wayne. No. <laughs> anyway, so advice you would give younger drummers? Um, what can I got it for me? was I always wanted to do session work and I always wanted to play with different people but I thought like there's no way I'm going to be able to do this like we just sitting about in the house mm-hmm. it's like I need to get out and play with different bands different artists like even if it's just a case of like being in Glasgow and um, like playing with like not big people mm-hmm. but just actually getting around mm-hmm. and what worked for me was going to jam nights right mm-hmm. um, I was always at a Wednesday night jam night in Solcoats oh okay um, and learning off of these old school players yeah and, that, and I just, next thing got involved with my own band and then we were always out there and I was always talking to um, like the producer like in the studio and everything I was oh, I'd love to do that blah 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 next thing the ball starts rolling because mm-hmm. and get your head screwed on mm-hmm. don't don't be like all kind of like massive showing off and everything mm-hmm. like, that. like egos and all that like keep your ego in check yeah yeah just play the song um don't turn up and thinking you're about a ticket yeah, and everything yeah. Like that. just walk in the door and just do your job and go back home mm-hmm. um that's that's what i find helped for me mm-hmm. um, you because you never really got into the party side of because those rock and roll bands can ah they can party man, man. yeah <laughs> yeah so just you'd finish up the gig and if you were on tour what'd you do just hang at the hotel or i i I love hanging out with the road crew. Right. Like, okay. Uh, after the gig, I mean, some people are like 
partying and everything mm. like that. I mean, but sitting with the road crew, having a laugh with them, or like I'd disappear back to the hotel and just go to bed. Mm-hmm. And the band never gave you flack for any of that? No, it was, no. They were no, fine no, it's good. Just, oh, you know, because no, totally. some yeah. people that might be the thing. You want, They want to know if you can hang out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you might just want to have a cup of tea and go to sleep. Yeah, it's you totally know. cool. And I was very fortunate where I worked with a lot of uh, guys who didn't drink right. in the band. Okay. So it kind of helped. Yeah. Like, I mean, I enjoy a beer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you're allowed to, but never drink before you go on stage. Because mm-hmm. I've... I've done it once. Right. I'll admit I've done it once. Yeah. So, and it's, you can't realise, like, nah, I won't do that again. Right, okay. Uh, you learn for your mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But get out there and get involved with other players. Uh-huh. Don't just sit in the house thinking, oh, my, my time's going to come. Uh-huh. Just get yourself moving yeah. and get involved with other people. So you were never really precious about playing different kinds of music? No. Right. Nah. Um, learn. Um different kinds of music and what helped for me was is actually going into the deep end right and learning oh, okay. and it actually got me learning more faster right yeah yeah i mean that that would have helped you with getting called to do things in half an hour you know yeah like, you know yeah. you need to be at the airport in three hours yeah can yeah. you go yeah yeah i can yeah. same with the music exactly i mainly find that you see like um if you're learning something and you might get bored Mm-hmm. Uh, we're learning it or something like that but see where you're learning it uh, at, right in the deep end mm-hmm. it seems to go in, it, for me uh, personally it goes in my head a lot more quicker right. and it stays in there Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm having it right I want to learn that I, sometimes I get bored there and yeah, it's silly yeah. but nah yeah. that process uh, like I need to learn this quick to play yeah, live yeah. I've been watching you've been doing a lot of um, sort of videos with the EAD 10 recently and uh, the one thing I've noticed that it's pretty scary, phenomenal. <laughs> you you sit on the drum track on the actual track, like sort of almost. It's almost like the the original track's invisible. How yeah. did you learn to do that? Because that's a that's an amazing skill to have. Yeah, uh, yeah that th- that was training my ear. Right. Um, and I've always been told that I never sit on, sit on the metronome. Uh-huh. I always seem to sit behind right. the metronome, and I had to find out is that a bad thing. Or something, and they were like, "No, no, it's actually quite a good thing." I think it just depends on that. Depends on the music. Yeah, some music you do have to sit in the metronome or, or on top of it, or yeah, 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 right, right on it, or some just relax, yeah, just chill out uh, when you're playing. And I find that a lot of those songs I was actually playing, like kind of like old school stuff. So maybe the metronome wasn't there back in the day mm-hmm. when these guys were playing. They were mm-hmm. just like playing to feel, mm-hmm. and yeah. I thought, like, right, I'm kind of just playing to feel on this, and just like kind of try to zone in mm-hmm. and what they're doing, but. I didn't post it. <laughs> I played a Lady Gaga. I was playing along a Lady Gaga song. Get that posted <laughs> right now. No, no. Yeah. 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 I I, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. You might end up actually on the gig. Yeah. yeah like, oh, man, I was awful. I listened to that. We one day. Where's Dave? Oh, he's playing for Lady Gaga. <laughs> that would be unreal. Would be Pretty amazing. amazing. <laughs> Pretty amazing. How come? Well, he posted, you know poker face on yeah. facebook and the next thing you know it went viral yeah. this rock god is playing <laughs> poker face next yeah. thing you know uh, you know was, but you know i'm getting it posted man oh For man. Sure. there was a I, I, I actually remember showing amy this video because i was just sitting watching it and it was you playing along to uh maroon five harder to breathe oh and it was just it was the build up right before the last chorus of the song like right during the middle eight and you just absolutely going for it and it just, i remember you when you like you could see all the intensity when you're building up like right into the crashes and i was just sitting there like yes this is great there was a video you put up a drum cam video from tour 
and you were playing like floor tom snare drum together like that build up really really fast like whoa that's 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 ace man the left hand and the right hand was you you couldn't get you know a, a piece of paper between them you were they were so tight and you know totally flat but at record tempo at record volume yeah like, that was whipping boy right uh, by that's the choir boys. Right, okay i and the, i i can't i'm not saying I'd, I'd done it but I, I thought in my head at the time like that build up thing when I started playing that song with those guys I thought like that can't need a build up there but I asked the boys first before I could do that I was like do you fancy let's try a build up in this bit yeah. and we were all in on it I'm not I'm not trying to take credit that was my idea yeah. it was like we're yeah, all yeah. kind of helping out and that build up I had to really get that right yeah, you made a rod for your own back there let's do a really hard build up <laughs> <laughs> sweating because it's really fast yeah. it is it's so fast that I build up because it's, it's so quiet as and well especially and live as well it eh? sticks away but I yeah. yeah the energy's got to be right yeah. up there and were you on click no for that live show no so you just had to go purely on feel yeah yeah Union and Choir Boys are never on click right uh, you have to go by feel with them right that's going to be roasting aye mm. especially if someone's had two beers and they want it a little bit faster. I know. And the bad thing was, after that build-up, there's still another two minutes to play in that song. Oh. <laughs> Full volume. Great. Oh, that song won in the set. <laughs> <laughs> Rinsed. Absolutely. Yeah, man, you should post more. Dave, we, we, we think, we've all we've talked about this at length in here, that you should do, you just post more videos because they're great. That EAD 10 is brilliant. It's, yeah, it's oh. game-changing, eh? Where can people find you, Dave, on the socials? Um... Uh, well, I mean, typical drummer, drummer Dave Zero One on okay. Instagram. Okay. I mean, that's mainly where I post a lot of okay. stuff. Instagram. Do you have a dedicated Facebook page, or is it just your own personal page? It's just my own personal one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you ever have to separate that? Um. You know, like fans trying to add you, and yeah, yeah, it get, might get a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, when I started really, really touring, um. I was finding like yeah maybe family members were starting to kind of get added and I was sort of like oh, right. coming out of the woodwork and stuff yeah, yeah and it was just sort of like, when that stuff happened I, I was getting yeah. messages for like sister and mom and I was like I'm getting friend requests for you I was like no <laughs> so, so that's where I kind of had to like right okay then I need to have a separation here would you ever set up just a drummer page I would mm. yeah yeah um because that would let people find you. It would, you know, yeah, without be it being cool a idea. personal life thing, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a pretty cool idea to do, yeah. I'd find, yeah. uh, to do it. And it means I can shift all those videos on the day. And yeah, yeah, you absolutely. You can say what you want or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. So, at drummer Dave one zero one zero one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So well, put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, cool. Yeah. It was a good chat, man. That was a good chat. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was good, good fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just like... I think people it's it's nice for people to have a little insight to what we're all about as people rather than well, just Well that's the thing, I mean working here. Yeah. You know. I wish I'd do one on you next. Like really rain on <laughs> rain on, on you. Is this just because you want to like get revenge for uh, all the things I've said? Nah maybe? man, you're always behind the camera. And it's just sort of like, let's bring the boy out. (laughs) He's always behind the camera. As he said, sat in front of three cameras. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it could be, you know, we could do a home, you know, we've got two loads of staff now, really, don't we? So we could, we we should get some lead stuff done as well. I think we should get Jake on this. Yeah, absolutely. And Gordon, and Paul, and Brent, and Katie, and just, and you, Chris. Oh, no, wait, you're already on it. Gordon's going to be. Oh. I mean, I think Gordon would have great insight about live drummers playing live and and you know, um, 
how your kit should be set up, how your kit should be tuned for working with with mm. an engineer. He's also a really great bass player. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't he, know he's a bass he's player. A, yeah, he's a really player. great bass player. And he can play bass and do sound and work lights all at once. And you've seen it? I, pl- I have seen it. It's <laughs> phenomenal it. to watch. He's great. He really is great, yeah. man. Like, he's got a lot of valuable information. Indispensable, uh, something. Oh, say. completely. And he'll build you a website, you know. Ah, yeah. Um, I remember I, I, turning up to do a depth gig one day with a band that I had played with for on and off for a while, and I loaded my drums in and gordon's here but i've come up in the van with the bass player like what what are you doing he's like oh, i'm playing keys tonight it's like, what <laughs> it's like no way okay and he would just look over and be like what keys is this in and he would tell him and that was him just amazing so so talented yeah. so so talented and he's stuck, he's stuck through the back just working away just doing his thing you know being awesome but he's he's got lots of cool stuff that people don't know you know i bet he's a dark horse at singing as well Oh, he sings back and vocals. He sings I great back and vocals as well, man. He does. Freaking great harmonizer. Oh, honestly, he's, he's a great harmonizer. Um, yeah, he's super, super talented musician. We need know. to get Gordon on this. Absolutely. ASAP Absolutely. Rocky. So, be fun, um, so yeah. Um, well, thanks for coming on, man. No problem at all. It's good chat. I love and, um, this. I'll see good. you. Uh, I'll see you working Saturday. I see Saturday. Um, <laughs> I'll see you. Probably tomorrow. You'll see you through the Monday. Yeah. I'll see you through. <laughs> um, <laughs> What have we got coming up next? We've got some really cool guests coming up next as well, so um, have a look out for that. Yes, Thanks um, for as ever for listening of and course, watching. Make sure you subscribe because everybody, we get customers in the shop asking us where they can find the podcast. So I'm just I'm gonna lay it lay it down. Yeah, so you can find it on um, wherever you get your podcast from, uh, mainly Spotify, mainly Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube as well for the visual aspect yeah. of it all as well. If that's it's on a bunch of places, it's on a bunch of places. Um, you can obviously, of course come and visit us in Glasgow and Leeds you need to book an appointment right now um, so make sure you do that before you come and see us you can find us on the socials uh, at Drummers Only UK on uh, Instagram and Twitter obviously just search for Drummers Only on Facebook as well and you'll find us there mm-hmm. we're obviously open six days a week currently mm-hmm. um, Monday through Saturday um, by appointment only as I say in both Glasgow and Leeds um, hit us up Go and grab some sticks. As the this rooms and all that are back open. So as sure this episode there. stands, we currently have a pretty righteous sale. We do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So there's yeah, some that. there's some real good gear for less pennies. So yes. if you are looking for that ride symbol you've always dreamed of, it might just be in sale. May very well be. Oh, <laughs> one of the items right there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, as Adam says, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah. And uh, make sure you uh, obviously come and visit us as well. If you've got any questions, email us at info at drummersonlyuk dot and yeah yeah and we'll see you soon thank you all bye, bye. bye.